You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to April, a.k.a. Draft Month. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, and we're here to share our first Chicago Bears mock drafts of the year now that the free agency buzz has settled down. Although buzz, I know it's a strong word to describe the Bears free agency efforts this year. But Nick, man, as always, great to see you. Uh, did anyone get you today for April Fool's? No, nobody got me. Um, I knew the day was coming, and I think the Bears did. Remember when they put the three numbers for the 100-year anniversary? Like They got me for like a half a second, but I was pretty good today. What about yourself? Uh, pretty good in terms of like news out there, but AJ, he got me. We're at Lowe's earlier this evening, and he got me. He said there's some uh, dirt on my shoes, and I was wearing my nice work shoes. And I was like, hey, what's up? Hold on. What's your face mean? Seattle just traded with the sh- just kidding April Fools. Yeah, you did me. you get did you get me? I, I was I, I almost thought about doing very something very similar. Um, but that was a really I good face, man. Like acting, you can. Do I try. I like try. That. That's what I always told myself. I wish I would have done something in high school. Never did though, unfortunately. Understood. I, I did a little bit uh, of drama, but uh, we can talk about oh. that offline. But yeah, AJ got me. He's at, uh, we're at Lowe's. Something was on my shoes. I looked down, and he was so proud of himself. And uh, I've been trying to get him back <laughs> all day, all, all night. And he he's good. Uh, he's seven years old, and he's wise. He knows that he can't stay up till 10 o'clock. He's like, no, you're kidding. You're just going to say April Fool's. I'm like, damn it. But anyway, <laughs> it is April Fool's. But yeah, none of us really got fooled too much here today. Uh, other than that, uh, my week's gone pretty well with work. Uh, I'd met some coworkers today, two of them, and they're both Bears fans. So I'm feeling really good uh, about some of the company that I have around the office. Uh, but I just want to let you know, Nick, in case you're unaware, you are coming up on your bidet anniversary. Uh, so I just want to congratulate you for one year with your magical toilet. Wow, that's that's actually a you know a milestone right there. For anybody who doesn't have a bidet, you should really look into it. I mean, the pandemic forced us to do it, but such such a great investment you you will be thanking me later for sure i was going back looking at some episodes we did around draft time last year and you're just raving about having that he says the best part of your quarantine (laughs) uh and so i just wanted to let you know in case you weren't aware that you're coming up here uh, or you may have passed your anniversary Uh, outside of that looking at more bear specific stuff obviously not a lot of news has happened uh, since the last time we've done an episode i know the bears have a press conference tomorrow uh, I think earlier in the day, I won't be able to watch it live as I'll be at work, but I don't know. Are you going to make yourself available to kind of catch up to see what they have to say? I'm assuming it's going to just be some post free agency recap stuff. So I actually have the day off of work. So I am planning on seeing what Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy have to say tomorrow. Obviously it won't be much and they won't provide a lot of insight, but I will be available to, you know, live tweet, whatever takeaways may come from, this press conference, it does seem like they 
it seems like there's been more in the offseason prior to draft time than maybe years past. Maybe I'm just remembering wrong, but um, we'll see what they have to say. But like like you said, not a lot of news has happened, and it's kind of what's been expected at this time of the year for the Bears and where they're at right now. Yep, pretty much status quo. But today it's going to be our first mock draft episode of the year, which is honestly a little later than I think both of us expected uh, it to happen. But I'm excited that we're finally kind of shifting our attention over to the draft. So, Nick, I'm going to let people know how we approach today. I think knowing that's going to be super helpful. To I'm just, I don't like my mock, so I'm just making sure people know the frame <laughs> of mind that I went through with this mock draft. That's really why I want to do this. Uh, but first and foremost, for this mock draft, no trades were allowed uh, by either Nick or myself. We wanted to kind of see what could happen given just the current slate of picks. Uh, we both use different mock draft simulators and big boards. I use PFF. Nick used the Draft Network, right? That's correct. And then on top of that, uh, I've worked with uh, our graphic designer, Jordan Grimes. Always does great work, by the way, uh, to kind of create some graphics. You'll see them up here on the screen throughout the episode. And by the way, Nick, congratulations on 7,000 subscribers here on the channel. That's awesome. Yep. Great. Congratulations to yourself. And just like last year, I put a piece of paper over the screen as I was dragging these into position. So I have no idea who you picked as well. Uh, They're labeled just Nick and then the pick number. So I don't know who you have. I, well, you don't know who I have. I almost said, I don't know who I have. That'd be a bigger problem. Uh, so we're going to learn about one another's picks uh, just like you. Nick, am I missing anything in terms of the parameters that we approach this thing with? No, so I didn't know that you used a different um, draft simulator. So I, look, this is going to be interesting. And this is mock draft one, you guys. And like Will said, we're doing it a little bit later. So cut us some slack if you don't like it. Let us know in the comments, though. If you agree, disagree, who would you have picked? Um it's a fun exercise. That's what mock drafts are for, to learn about guys that you have maybe not heard of or just to see some different options. But mock draft one should be fun. I'm really excited to see who you end up picking there, Will, but I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Well, just like that, the Chicago Bears are on the clock. Nick, do you want to do the honors with the first one? Technically, your graphic is listed above mine, so I think that makes sense from a logistical production standpoint. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll start it off here. And Will, do you just want me to read off the pick? You have to do the, you know, with the twentieth pick in the twenty twenty one. You have to do the whole setup. Whole. All right, here we go, you guys. With the twentieth pick in the twenty twenty one NFL Draft, the Bears select Tevin Jenkins, tackle out of Oklahoma State. I think this was a no brainer when I saw he was available on the board. The Bears obviously need an upgrade at that right tackle position. And he's the exact kind of offensive lineman tackle that they need right now. Someone that just brings a nasty physical presence. When you watch his film, it's pretty common to see him pancaking guys. But if you watch the Texas tape, you have, have you ever seen the blind side and you see the part where um, the, the lineman's just dragging the guy or pushing the guy down and throws him over the fence. He literally does that to a Texas defender, but towards the sideline, he brings that physicalness that you would love to have in in your in your locker room and his pro day today just killed it for being the size at six foot seven 320 uh just had fantastic numbers i think it was like 32 on the bench press if i'm not mistaken but a physical presence that the bears automatic upgrade at the right tackle position if he's available at number 20 you take him no hands down you take him upgrade the offensive line automatically becomes better all right. I like that one a lot. I think towards the end, we should have a discussion about our drafts as a whole. Um, but I like your pick 
Mine, I went with offense as well. I'm not going to play the draft chime uh, for every pick when we do it twice. So I'll just do it once per pick. Uh, I don't want to be over heavy on the chime here. So uh, for my pick here, 20th overall, looking who was available at the time, again, as a big preface here, I went with wide receiver Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss because, Nick, I want more speed on this offense, and that's what Moore brings to the table. He's fast, he's explosive, and he excels, Nick, right where you've been wanting the Bears to find someone to play more in the slot. Uh, to kind of show off his speed a little bit, he ran a 4-3-3-40 during his pro day, and obviously we're taking pro day 40 times with a grain of salt, but don't let that fool you. Uh-huh, it's April Fool's, I didn't realize. It is, uh, he is a very fast receiver. Uh, he did finish number one in the entire nation last year in terms of yards per game at 149.1. He's a tough runner as well. He's hard to bring down after the catch. Slippery, he broke 18 tackles last year. He's as tough as they come, especially when he's even contacted at the point of the catch. He can change route direction without losing speed. I love that. You see him working the underneath stuff to gain separation, and he does so with ease, elite route running ability. And Daniel Jeremiah said recently that uh, Moore, quote, tore up everyone in the SEC due to that route running ability. Uh, the only weakness I see, honestly, the only one is his height, five foot nine. He's a little bit of a slimmer build. But again, if he's your slot guy, that's not really an end-all, be-all solution there. And why this pick makes sense to me, A, that big pro day has a moving up draft boards. I know earlier in the draft process, you're looking at like a early second round pick. Now he's fringe first round. He was up there uh, on the big board for me, actually perfectly ranked for PFF. He was ranked 20th on their big board. Uh, So I thought, hey, you know what? That just makes a lot of sense here as well. And so for me, bringing all that speed of wide receiver, which he brings in bunches, I think he can be everything the Bears imagined Anthony Miller could have been and more. So it's hard to pick up are hard to pass on a big play threat like him. All SEC player, 11 contested catches last year, which is the sixth most in the nation as well. Uh, I'm excited. I also consider it a safety here, um, but I went with the offensive playmaker because we need to score more points. I like it, Will. Um, Again, I think that's going to be paramount in this draft, finding guys that can contribute right away as more of those project kind of guys that you typically have seen Ryan Pace done in the first round, just taking, buying on athleticism and traits and things of that nature, but two guys that can both contribute right away. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And on top of that, I know he played a little bit outside as well. The Bears do play Allen Robinson a slot, a, a decent amount too. So I do believe guys depending on the formation, they're lined up everywhere. So I think primarily you'll see him in a slot, but he can line up outside as well. But let's move in to the second round. And with the 52nd overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Elijah Molden, cornerback from Washington. What's up, Nick? (laughs) Well... I have the same exact guy. Wait, we're going to spoil it. Alert. Wow. Okay. Elijah Molden. All right. Well, let, we'll I just talk about it. Say, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, I, you know, you go first because of, of the, the, the direction we're going in, but you go ahead first. Well, I love that he's a playmaker, right? A lot of ball production, 17 passes. I think he got his hands on in the last season and a half. Uh, that comes with his athleticism, his football IQ and his instincts. Uh, I love watching him diagnose and attack a play. He kind of reminds me of Kyle Fuller a little bit. I don't know if you saw that too, but his ability to close uh, after the receiver catches the ball, because he does keep the plays in front of him, which is another bonus I see in his game. And he's one of the best tackling 
corners in the entire draft class as well. Leader in the secondary for Washington. He gets everybody in alignment, solid in coverage, staying on wide receivers' hips on both vertical and horizontal routes. Uh, just like Moore, for me, a little smaller, 5'10", to, uh, yeah, 290, 190. That's a typo. <laughs> and then, uh, again, it, he doesn't really uh, – the only thing would be if there's taller wide receivers, that could be a, uh, something he struggles with. But, again, if he's – I'm pegging him as a starting nickel corner if we draft him here at pick number 52. He, he's willing to get his nose dirty, come in there for some run support. So, for me, this pick makes uh, a lot of sense. He's just a football player. Like, he plays the game. He's a student of the game. He's natural. I know his dad was a top 15 pick back in the 90s. I think and that shows as well. But what do you have? Why do you like Elijah Moulton? I, I love the athleticism that he displays at that nickel corner position. He also played a little bit of safety where he's one of the deepest guys on the defense. And the the way he can react to what's in front of him is what is really appealing to me and why we probably both got him in the second round at pick 52. He closes quickly, mm-hmm. whether it's a tight end in the flat, a wide receiver in the flat, he's going to be right there and deliver a hit and be a sure, a sure thing tackler. That's just who Elijah Molden is and the kind of the versatility as well that he brings at that position. But I just saw somebody that is an immediate upgrade. Yes, you have Duke Shelley probably there pegged as a starter right now, just given who the Bears have in the roster. But you add a guy like Elijah Molden, that's a lot of traits that I would love to see in this Bears defense with hopefully a better pass rush and some better guys around him where you just want to ask him to just be instinctive and go out there and do what he did at, at Washington all four years that he played. I was really disappointed that he wasn't healthy enough to play at the senior bowl. Cause that was a guy that I circled. I really wanted to see how he performed against some of those really good wide receivers, but you could just put on the tape and see the traits and see just the one football instincts as well. There was just one play where he's just guarding his man in the flat. The, the play is extended because the quarterback just extends the pocket, goes outside. And then instinctively he looks around. He's like, there's a guy open in the end zone goes to the back corner of the end so pops the wide receiver right in the chest and it dislodges the pass and there's no touchdown clean play so you see a lot of that from elijah molden just instincts and just his reaction ability that you know i know duke shelley had some flashes here and there but elijah molden displays that consistently and i know it's college nfl way different but this would be an immediate upgrade and just a guy that can contribute right now. So that's why I like the pick. That's why you like the pick. And of course, Will, we're always thinking usually on the same page, this is bound to happen. I just didn't think it would happen this early. Well, you're right. I mean, out of all the prospects using different tools, different boards, and we came to the same conclusion that Elijah Molden makes a lot of sense in the Chicago Bears defense. That's pretty damn neat, uh, if you ask me. That's uh, (laughs) a... Wow. All right. Let's move into the third round here, and I bet we'll go some different ways now. So, uh, Nick, uh, this is your turn to do the the chime intro. Yeah, with the 83rd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Bears select Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver from Western Michigan. So, Will, you had a smaller wide receiver with that first-round pick. I wanted to get someone with a similar type of body, with, with a similar type of style and playmaking ability. And I saw... Dwayne Eskridge as that kind of guy just when you put on the tape he's not only a wide receiver that can line up in a multitude of different spots outside slot and on either side he's also a kick returner as well but it's instant playmaking he takes slant routes and goes 80 yards without any 
kind of hesitation. It's easy for him against Central Michigan last year, four receptions, 212 yards, three touchdowns. He also had two uh, just um, kickoff returns, not for touchdowns, but just two kick returns. But just a guy that he lined up all over the field is an instant playmaker. And that's someone that I think Matt Nagy has been looking for. Maybe he kind of saw bits and pieces in a Tariq Cohen, but this is a guy, Dwayne Eskridge, who actually, he was a former DB turned to a wide receiver. And you can see that how he plays with the physicalness and finishing runs and just getting the yards after catch. There were some issues that I saw with catching. And I think maybe just transitioning from position to position and just how he kind of plays. It was just focus drops more than anything. But this is someone like I, with my first two picks, immediate upgrade and you can just plug him in and let him go do his thing and look like you said earlier well i've been looking for someone that can play that slot who could be a playmaker from there Dwayne eskridge at five foot nine 189 pounds could definitely be that for this bears offense and like i said matt nagy's probably been looking for this type of guy and i think you'll probably see it all over twitter or whatever like this is a tyreek hill type and yeah that's probably how you can kind of look at him there hasn't really been that guy that can you know fit that role but he he kind of plays similarly with the speed the physicality and he's a pretty good route runner for somebody that was a former db so this is somebody that i really liked when i saw him like i gotta get this guy and again immediate upgrade it sounds a lot like my first round pick just not as good so (laughs) well hey i guess so but i'll take him in round three (laughs) okay uh just making sure i mean again we're thinking alike in terms of the fit I just got the better player, but of course, I sacrificed a first-round pick. Uh, You are getting some good value here in the third. So pros and cons, and that's why we're doing this exercise. For my 83rd pick, it would make sense if I went lineman here, then we'd have the same positions, but I I didn't. I'm going with quarterback Kellen Mond out of Texas, A&M. I had to get a quarterback. Uh, Ryan Pace says he has to draft a quarterback every year. He hasn't done it yet. He's done it one time. So let's see if it uh, comes into uh, fruition. You're not going to get a top five guy, just how it's currently slated. Again, we're not trading up. We didn't trade back. So just sitting how the board fell, I didn't feel comfortable with the quarterback in the first round. Didn't feel comfortable with the quarterback in the second. Saw Mond on the board here, and I was like, don't Mond if I do. <laughs> I, I, was wait, I was waiting for the reaction, and the head drop, Nick, was perfect. But getting to mind, I love how he can move around in the pocket, and he can also play in the move. He doesn't lose a lot of accuracy when he's throwing on the run. He's good at maneuvering in or out of the pocket to avoid sacks, probably due to a porous offensive line that he's kind of played with throughout his time at Texas A&M. Uh, he's someone that has decent athleticism. He's a strong arm, quick release. He leaves wide receivers. He can fit a ball into a tight window. Uh, a good job on making sure his wide receivers don't have to sit and wait for a ball, which is something that Trubisky did a lot, which is super frustrating to watch. But of course, with every quarterback that's not your top three in a draft class or really any quarterback prospect in general, you will have weaknesses. Uh, he does struggle with timing sometimes, uh, especially when he's targeting the middle of the field. He's not the most accurate quarterback in this class uh, you didn't see a ton of downfield throws as well, which is a little concerning. Only 32 balls last year that went for 20-plus through the air, and he only hit on 12 of those. Uh, he needs to continue to work on his footwork, his touch, just the overall technique. But I like it that he has a high ceiling, uh, really as high as a ceiling as some of the top quarterbacks here in this draft class. It's just the potential for that low floor is real. But again, this pick to me makes sense because the Bears, we didn't move around the board here, got the quarterback now. And I think he's someone that's an excellent uh, example as a quarterback that can potentially uh, have a year to develop 
or if Andy Dalton struggles, which, to be honest, it's something that we'll probably see this season. I feel like you could put him in. Again, I'm not here to debate strategy of developing him here. I just want him on the team. So at this stage, you're just playing the lottery. You're trying to hope he's a Dak Prescott. You're trying to hope he can turn into a Russell Wilson, some of those mid to you know mid-round quarterbacks that end up panning out. I see some of those traits, and I think there's a reason why, Nick, he was the MVP of the Senior Bowl when you're down there covering it for that week. So uh, Kellen Mond, quarterback. We got one. Yay. I don't know if you have one later, but I don't know. I don't believe it can be better uh, than the potential that Mond would bring to the table. Yeah, it's uh, I knew. I think I knew that you're going to head that that direction. I think a lot of people were asking, where's Kellen Mond? Where's Kellen Mond? So uh, and I don't know if you saw the throw that he had as pro day where it looks like it's just a little flick. wheel. like if I were to throw it, it'd maybe go. 10 yards, 15 yards, that thing, that ball traveled 60 yards and it was effortless. It's just, it's crazy what some of these quarterbacks can do. And he has, like you said, so much upside. Mm-hmm. I see uh, someone did mention the Chris Sims rankings too, uh, where he did have Mond uh, in the top five. And I know Chris Sims has done a good job of his quarterback rankings over the past few years. He had Watson and Mahomes over Trubisky. Uh, so I know it's one that I take that uh, with some weight behind it as well. But let's move in to the fifth round here, Nick. So with the 164th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Spencer Brown, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Obviously, I had to find a tackle here eventually. Looking around, finally, the value to me made sense. And uh, when I look at Spencer Brown, what I love is his size. He's big, he's long, and he's also athletic. And he's just scary to look at due to that size. He's six foot eight, 314 pounds. And like you, Nick, and your pick in the first round, he plays with some nasty to him, which is awesome to see that coupled with his athleticism uh, to really move along the edge. Uh, it's really uh, fun to watch. He's someone that he always looks to find someone to hit until that whistle blows. Good play strength. He can move guys on running downs as well. And he's also really quick in getting into his pass blocking sets. And I look at him as like a smooth mover that also has that sneaky strength that he can also kind of utilize as a like a secret weapon. And just due to that length and those instincts, he's really hard to beat if he's playing with proper technique. Now let's look at the weaknesses. Sometimes he doesn't always play with proper technique because it's difficult when you're six foot eight to somehow always win that pad leverage. So he needs to work on that as well as his hand placement. Uh, but when I'm looking at this pick in terms of why it makes sense, uh, I think this is a guy who has a lot of upside, uh, especially here in the fifth round. Uh, it doesn't seem like the Bears are ready to move on from Aleno Jr. just yet. They also brought back a Fetty. They signed Elijah Wilkinson. So to me, just seeing all those pieces come together, I feel like you can wait on a tackle that someone that doesn't need to start right away, but can be here. You can groom them. And honestly, maybe he can push for a roster spot over like an Elijah Wilkinson. I, I think they like a Fetty enough. They'd keep him for the year and maybe a starter role in a, a season. But going from the FCS to the NFL, there's going to be a big jump in competition. So he will need a little bit of time uh, to get season and I know that was a little bit on display when you were down in the senior bowl as well uh he was someone that he's kind of falling down draft boards because of I wouldn't say it was a horrible performance but he didn't stack up with the competition as well as some people were projecting so for me 
getting that tackle here in Spencer Brown, uh, a guy that has a lot of upside, a lot of size, a lot of athleticism, and I think uh, the Bears and Juan Castillo can really mold him to something uh, that can be a, a starter in this league, probably at right tackle over left, um, but still looking for the future here for this Bears offensive line. Yeah, well, so I just to preface what I did in the last pick, I picked Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, and with round five, pick 164. I'm picking another wide receiver. I'm going with Cornell Powell from Clemson, six foot 205, redshirt senior, had 53 receptions for 882 yards, seven touchdowns last season. He did not catch, though, more than 15 passes in any other season from 2016 to 2019. They had some pretty good wide receivers there, but I really like his ability with his yards after the catch when you see when he's catching these small short hitch routes automatically he's looking to turn up field to get those yards after the catch like his ability to track the ball in the air and to go high point the football and why i thought the bears why are they gonna go back-to-back wide receivers in this draft i look at the wide receivers that they currently have and probably won't have maybe come the start of the 2021 nfl season we have seen nothing from riley ridley anthony miller was on the trade block we Javon Wims could easily not be here as well. <laughs> Look, Allen Robinson obviously signed his franchise tag, but we know he's unhappy. So I wanted to get some guys that potentially need to fit spots that could be open here for the Bears in, in the upcoming future. But Cornell Powell, I think, yes, he didn't have as many opportunities or production early on in his career at Clemson, but he did show in a condensed season with multiple quarterbacks because Trevor Lawrence wasn't always there due to covid he was able to be productive and make some plays and just become that that target for for the the Clemson offense there. So I thought this would be a nice pick and I was actually able to see him in person, you know, just at the senior bowl just kind of running his routes. He just is such a physical presence and there was this picture on Twitter earlier where these wide receivers are looking more and more like linebackers and it's nuts. They're kind of mm-hmm. all be- not not that they're all become DK Metcalf cuz that's just ridiculous, but <laughs> he has that type of body where it's like that's a wide receiver. That's a huge dude that can move, that can run all the routes on the route tree for sure. I think he's a little hesitant when trying to go from on double move routes that require him to go in and then break immediately back out. That's not his strength, I would say, but going vertical where he has to high track the football and kind of play, play big. I, I like that from Cornell Powell. And look, I just look at the bears and the wide receivers and what they kind of don't have at this point in time. I thought Cornell Powell at this spot at 164 in the fifth round. This is where the uh, the Bears got Darnell Mooney in the fifth. Uh, this is again we look at history where Ryan Pace found value in the position. Maybe he can do it again with wide receiver in the fifth round. I like it. I, I'm not minding one bit that you double dipped. I, I had the Bears going for some wide receivers in for agency, and that hasn't really. Uh, came to fruition. Uh, they tried uh, maybe uh, with Galladay just a bit, but didn't really work out for us. Uh, so I do like you uh, adding a lot of youth, uh, a lot of talent to this position because, uh, frankly, we need it. So that's a pretty good call there. Uh, we are entering now the sixth round, uh, which is awesome because we have four whole picks in the sixth round. And that's fun to speculate on. But... <laughs> All kidding aside, uh, I know we need to do some shout-outs here, so I think this is a good time to call a timeout real quick uh, to give some shout-outs for people who have uh, donated to our show uh, over the past, I'd say, almost month. Uh, as uh, with me transitioning to a new job, I, for- I forgot to check for those notifications. So I found a couple, and I think you have one as well. Yeah, and it's from our good friend Mason West. I think when Mason sent it, it was around the Andy Dalton episode, so we were doing it. Like, are we going to do an episode? So 
completely just uh, flew past me. But uh, Mason, of course, thank you for everything that you do. And if you want to check Mason out, you can go to Team Rehabilitation in Barrington, Illinois. It's a physical therapy office that emphasizes hands-on therapy while maximizing performance by increasing strength and muscle activation. Whether your goal is to play pickup basketball in the park, which are now opening, or compete for a starting job on your college team, Team Rehab can help you reach your goals. They see everything post-surgical, nagging pain. Everyone's dealing with that nowadays. Injury prevention, performance enhancement, all ages, such as a, a 10-year-old gymnast to a 60-year-old runner. Mason West is a former collegiate wrestler and a lacrosse player who combines his passion for sport and rehab into one package. Contact Mason at 224-512-7200 or check him out on his Instagram at dr.masonwest underscore sport pt to begin your journey to be the best athlete you can be awesome for me oh by the way uh mason thank you very much i know we have uh something in the works here that uh, we're gonna bring you on for uh, again like we did towards the end of the season uh, very excited uh for that here uh, coming up soon um but for me i have two shout outs uh even though they don't ask for shout outs these are just the donations that uh they just kind of always do on a, a pretty habitual basis but we have queen elizabeth uh, so, Elizabeth, I, as always, thank you so much for your generous support of our show. Uh, I don't know how I was going to say through the years. Maybe it's been a year, forever long it's been. Uh, as you know, Nick and I really appreciate you. And then I have one from Jonathan Otten, who, uh, Nick, we always had a great time with in Chicago when we went to the Bears-Kansas City Chiefs game a couple years ago. Uh, obviously, the game wasn't all too great, but that's still a great memory that all of us share. And, Jonathan, uh, as you know, we appreciate your support. Uh, and it's always great talking to you every time that our paths do connect and, you know, whenever we get to share a few texts here and there. But, Nick, you want to let people know how they can support our show that way when we have uh, another mock draft or maybe we have some breaking news uh, eventually that we can hop back on behind the mic and give out some shout outs. Yeah, absolutely. So you can do that through Venmo or PayPal. Any donation that you feel, um, yeah, you could just send it our way. It really helps us out with all the things that we're doing. I'm trying to – I know I've been talking about this for forever, but I'm today, after this podcast, going to get this green screen going and trying to configure things. So that kind of helps us do all of that. But um, you can look up the username on Venmo, the Chicago Audible. You should see my name, Nicholas Moriano, and the Chicago Audible logo – or on PayPal, you just make the donation to chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. And again, anything that you feel that you're able to to donate, it goes a long way to helping us make this uh, baby run. And uh, so it's been it's been awesome, though. And thank you for everybody that's done this since, man, it's been months now. But you guys are incredible, and we just cannot thank you enough. Well said, man. Well said. And by the way, good luck with the green screen. Uh, hopefully you don't get washed out like I did when I was experimenting and Maybe you'll give me some uh, tips for lighting. I know you sent me a video and a nice link, but I need some real-life uh, Nick experience to help me kind of figure out what I am doing wrong on my end, and afterwards will be smooth sailing from that point forward. But, Nick, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, four six-round picks, and they were kind of bunched up on each other. You have 204, 208, and then you got 221 and 228. So not a lot of gap here in between. So it would be really interesting. I think we can take this as the round where it can go any direction that you would like. You're just kind of filling depth here the best you can based off of how each of our uh, respective simulations went as well as how the big boards were falling. So I believe you're up for round 6204. Yeah, I'll start it off with the 204th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Bears will select Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. So... 
uh, when I was at the Senior Bowl, Will, those two, your your pick, um, Spencer Brown and Ellerson Smith, they would go at it uh, a couple of times in those practices, and they were good reps that they had there. But this is a guy that just great athletic ability is what I have in my notes. Shows quickness and ability to bend around the edge. Good hustle. So there are a couple plays where the quarterback's rolling out the opposite direction from where Smith is at, and he's tracking him down on the other side of the field getting that sack and there was actually a really good rep and I'm so glad I can put this in my notes it was against Iowa State go Hawks where it's Ellerson Smith against the right tackle he's able to one use his speed to dip underneath the right tackle and get to the quarterback prior to him passing the ball it ends up being a fumble and gets taken back for a touchdown uh, Northern Iowa end up losing that game in overtime but Ellerson Smith doing that against higher level competition and not just who he typically plays against so you'd love to see that and I like his hand quickness as well, able to fight some of those lower levels. Hey, Nick, guess what? Pause. Guess what? Chipmunk Nick is back. Yes. That's one test, too. So can you hear me, Will? Yes. Okay, I can hear you. I think everything's good now. I saw it happen, though. So when it goes all full on, um, it kind of fits where it's April full. Something weird need to happen, but yes. it just goes off. And I'm like, then I saw your face and it wasn't the Bears training for Russell Wilson like I did earlier this show. So like, no. Okay. To get back on track, uh, Ellerson Smith has athletic ability. And that's what you're looking for, for in these later round picks. It's not something that's a guaranteed look. The Bears had what Kylie fits for seemed like a couple of days with, with actually how long he was here, but that's what you're kind of looking for in these later rounds. And Ryan Pace to his credit has actually had some, some success in, in these later rounds. So I think this would be a perfect spot to experiment with an edge rusher at this position. No, no fault uh, at all on me. Uh, again, at sixth round, you're just trying to find guys that make sense. They have, that have high upside and couldn't baby fit this year or here in the future. I like that one a lot. I think I found someone, maybe. Uh, it's not a, uh, a sexy pick, I don't think, but it's one that, to me, it made some sense here. And it's going to be center Michael Manet out of Penn State. And I know center isn't the largest need, but to me, it kind of still is. Sam Mustafer is a, still an unknown. He had good reps last year, but he also had some bad ones, and I think they need to find someone to push them. And if they're not going to bring in a center in free agency, then you may as well draft someone uh, to kind of you know put a fire under them, push them, and that's the only way you're going to find out if Sam Mustafer can be your starting center. So what do I like about Michael? Well, he's smart. He has a high football IQ. He's strong. He's a sound blocker, and he plays with poise. Uh, he knows how to leverage pad level. He's explosive, decent size, 6'4", 306. He has a wide, sturdy frame, and he's been very consistent throughout his career over at Penn State. He's, but the weaknesses are he's not the best run blocker, doesn't get to generate a ton of push there. He's a decent, not great athlete. He's not the most nimble when he's out in space, and he could play with more power. Uh, but that, of course, can be... Uh, worked on in the weight room throughout his time in the pros. Uh, and again, to me, this makes a lot of sense. Just keep adding young linemen up front. And I think he's an underrated prospect that can surprise us down the line. He's also a really good leader. He was named team captain over there for Penn State too. But uh, again, I think there's other needs that I would lift, would have loved to address here. Uh, luckily, we pick here in four more picks uh, and we can see how it goes from there. So moving on from pick 204, Let's move on to pick 208. So it's the 208th pick of the 2021 NFL Draft. 
I have the Chicago Bears selecting tight end Trey McKitty out of Georgia, formerly of Florida State. And I was surprised as hell to see him on that big board when I was scrolling. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking this guy. He has really good size. He's 6'4", 250. He's a solid tight end who has a broad skill set, effective as a receiver, but also a willing and, honestly, a decent blocker. Uh, Good athleticism. He can move around the field. He's a natural route runner and a receiver. He can be a threat down the seam, which is something that I know I want to see more of in this offense. And he's tough to bring down after the catch with a combination of speed and power. And also, he has a good vertical. He can go up there and get that pass. And like I mentioned, he likes to block. Or if he doesn't, he fakes it really well because he's always giving some really tremendous effort there. Uh, And he's versatile. Uh, Throughout the film I watched, he was lining up in the slot. He was lining up in line. And there's a few reps as well when he's lining up as like an H-back in the backfield. Now, looking at the weaknesses, uh, he hasn't really settled into one role, which I think hurt his production. Uh, Still raw in some regards, needs some polishing time to develop and refine his game. And uh, I know he had a knee scope before last year, uh, so you have to wonder about uh, his knee health moving forward. Uh, But we lost Demetrius Harris. I don't know if loss is the right word, but we're down a body in the tight end room. And so I needed to add one here. McKitty can be that move tight end. He has a lot of tools. He just didn't get a lot of production throughout his time in Florida State and Georgia. Uh, due to that knee injury, uh, I know he caught 56 total passes in four collegiate seasons. Um, but I, when I watch him, I believe he just has like all the intangibles. He has the athleticism to develop into a real capable receiving tight end at the next level. Uh, so for me, Jimmy Graham, he's here right now, but obviously at his time is severely limited. Uh, so I don't want to be trying to replace him when it's too late. I want to have someone in the farm system right now to develop in-house. So that way, when the time comes, it's an easier, a smoother transition without scrambling to find maybe even overpaying yet uh, another guy. Uh, other facts I wanted to note here real quick. He was a top tight end of Senior Bowl week uh, for the American team, which was voted on by safeties and linebackers, which I think being voted that by your peers means a lot, uh, and I think it shows what kind of athlete he can be. And on top of that, Ryan Pace loves his Georgia guys. So that's why I'm going with Trey McKitty here. And, Nick, I'll move over to you. So the floor is yours. Yeah, just like you, Will. I took a tight end with the 208th pick, but right. I had to go to my alma mater and oh, Sean Byer from Iowa. Yep. <laughs> yep, you beat me to it, but that's all right. Uh, 6'4", 250, but this is a guy that, look, if you look up the stats, you're not going to really find much with him. This is a guy that played behind George Kittle, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, and Nate Wedding, um, who are all on NFL rosters right now. And obviously, George Kittle should have been a first-round pick looking at the career he's had. And you know Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson were first-round draft picks. But he made some acrobatic catches against like a one-hander, an Odell Beckham-like catch against Nebraska. So good that I could say Iowa State in Nebraska and, you know, just – um a bad light there in this podcast, but he has battled some injuries throughout his career. He had a season ending knee injury in 2018, but when you think tight ends in Iowa, you think of guys that can block and they block like linemen. That's exactly what Sean Byer can do. And when you're not getting as many opportunities to be a pass catching tight end, and that's just how the Iowa offense really works. And even George kill didn't have many opportunities. You have to block and you have to make the most out of your opportunities. I think Sean Byer did that for the most part. So, and I know, yes, the Bears just drafted Cole Komet last year with their first pick. Um, but I think with the tight end position, you can never have too many capable guys that can go, go out there and actually be effective. And Jimmy Graham, 
Uh, just obviously will be his last season here. Not really an inline blocker, but I like what Sean Byer can do. So went with him at this pick. Sorry, I was just laughing when you said he couldn't have too many tight ends, and it wasn't that long ago where the Bears did have too many tight ends. <laughs> they had a lot. They just had a lot of guys, <laughs> but none of them could play, which right. is the problem. So I think this is a guy. Like, he's not going to be the. He's not going to be a George Kittle, a TJ Hawk, and none of those. Those are exceptional tight ends, but. I think he could be effective in the NFL because he's going to be one, a willing blocker. And when you tell him to do those, those play action passes where he's faking, like he's blocking, then leaking out into the flat. Sean Byers, that guy that has reliable hands. And there's a lot of routes where Iowa would send him on the scene. Maybe they didn't throw it to him all the time, but when they did pretty reliable with his hands there. So I had to go one. I, I try to fit an Iowa guy at some point in one of these mock drafts. I'm like, let me do it in mock draft one, get out of the way. But it just seemed like it fit the last, I mean, what George Kittle was a fifth round draft pick. This guy's in round six, not comparing the two, but Hey, I think you can, you can do worse at, at, at in round six, pick 208. And I think Sean Byer would be a good pick. I think there are a lot of similarities between our two picks here. Obviously they play the same position, um, but in terms of their skill sets, and how they can be utilized in this offense, I think uh, there are some similarities that we can pull, which, again, just goes to our uh, independent minds coming to similar conclusions, which uh, which is a big reason why uh, we're as close friends as we are, uh, I think, after all these years <laughs> doing this podcast. But let's move on to later in the sixth round, where the talent just gets uh, all so much more uh, easy to project and predict. Uh, so round six, 221, Nick, and the floor is yours. Yeah, with pick 221 in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Bears select Garrett Wallow, linebacker out of TCU. This is a guy that was a former safety, and you think former safety converted to linebacker Bears. Who was the last guy to do that? Garrett Wallow is not Brian Urlacher, everybody. But he is somebody that is all over the field, that is productive, that is a tackling machine. The one thing that I saw consistently, though, in his tape, and that's what I think most of our conversation is going to be with a lot of these later, later round guys is maybe the inconsistencies more than maybe the traits. But when blockers get to Garrett Wallow, the offensive lineman get to Garrett Wallow, he he's out of the picture. He's no nowhere to be seen. He does play with a lot of grit, a lot of passion, a lot of energy, but it's just, I don't know. It's at 6'2", 230, he's not the smallest guy. But those offensive linemen make him, I think, look a little bit smaller than he actually is and just kind of wash him out of plays. But consistently, if you're watching a TCU game, you're going to see number 30 Garrett Wall just all over the field making plays. He's actually a pretty good blitzer off the edge or when they have him do some stunts and coming on the inside with, with a defensive lineman. So he can be productive in that sense and Look, in 2019, had 125 total tackles, three and a half sacks, 18 tackles for loss. So he he gets he puts stats on the stat sheet, and you'd like to see that from your your inside linebackers. And he would be obviously an inside backer, but a guy that I also see can, can contribute on special teams for you know to really start out his career. I don't know if it ever gets past that, but we've talked about the Bears' linebacking depth. Um, and I think this would be maybe a fit here at pick 221, someone that you can get for special teams for, for the most part and for the early on in his Bears career. Are you trying to get rid of Iggy? I'm not trying to. I, more Josh Woods than anything, but uh, I, we haven't seen anything from Iggy, but that is a uh, a fair point that a guy that was drafted, well, I can't remember what round Iggy was in, but he hasn't done anything yet, and this would maybe be the spot that he would fill. Okay. 
Moving on to my 221st overall pick, I have the Chicago Bears selecting, and let me take a breath here, Diamador Lenore, cornerback out of Oregon. I've looked at the, the board, and again, you can go in any direction you want here at this point. And I was like, you know what? What I like about Lenore is he's a big hitter. He's willing to tackle against a run. Good experience aligning both inside and outside, so he has some versatility to his game. He's smooth in coverage, decent at tracking the ball, and he has ball production as well to back it up. He keeps plays in front of him. One of the better tackling corners in the draft. I know I got one earlier, but I was going to do it again. But he's not the fastest, so he does struggle against speed. Uh, he doesn't have the ideal physical traits really to play corner in today's NFL is what you're seeing. So why this pick makes sense to me, based off of just the different profiles I was reading, there's a lot of speculation that, depending on where he goes, he's going to make a transition over to safety and be a box safety. And that's where I was like, ah, we still have a big void there. So this may make sense. And I know Ryan Pace likes his sixth-round safeties as well. DeAndre Houston Carson is one of those. Uh, so for, even though he's not the best corner prospect, again, if he goes to strong safety with his strength being tackling and attacking downhill – I think he has that skill set to thrive in the box. And without Tashawn Gibson, who I still believe the Bears are going to bring back because every day that they don't, his price probably gets a little bit lower. That's just how leverage works. Uh, so we need someone starting next to Eddie Jackson. Unfortunately, Nick, I don't believe that should be Dion Bush. So I don't know if Lenore would even start year one. But he's an interesting player to take a chance on, at least for me here in the sixth round, who I believe also has some real high special teams upside right from the jump. So you're going to get some immediate return on investment. Uh, other than that, I don't have any deeper notes on him, but that's why I went with Lenore here at pick 221. All right, moving into the final pick here of our mock draft. So with the 228th overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Chauncey Golston, defensive end out of Iowa, which I know, Nick, I, I wanted to make you happy, so I found a way to put in a Hawkeye just for you. Thank you, Will. I needed that. Just more Iowa Hawkeyes, I think, just it's better. All right, so just give me the scouting report. You watch all their games, so I don't need to say anything from Nine Notes, right? Uh, yeah, I wish I watched all their games, but, I mean, you probably know more than, than I do about Chauncey Golston, so what do you got? All right, so for Chauncey, uh, he's versatile. Uh, again, every, I think it's almost a, key, a word you can use for every guy now, it feels like. Every year, there's more guys that are labeled as versatile players. Um, but he can play multiple positions up front. I like him at the five-tech. Uh, he can set the edge as a defensive lineman, and he also has a good in, an interior pass rush skill set as well. Solid on loops, twists, stunts. He has that ideal size, length, and strength. He plays with power. He has a heck of a bull rush. Saw one report call him as uh, strong as an ox. Uh, I love that phrase. I wanted to make sure I put it, put it in here in this mock draft. High motor. He blasts off the snap. He's quick. He knows how to use his hands to beat blocks. Uh, he has a knack for big plays. Weirdly, three interceptions in his career as a defensive lineman, which is incredible. Solid against the run and pass as well. He needs to work on getting stronger at the point of attack. He needs to develop more moves and better secondary plans of getting towards the passer. It's either right now it's that power with that bull rush or bust. And for me, why this pick makes sense. We don't have Roy Robertson Harris, so we need to find another additional rotational slash developmental piece here on the defensive line. And I know they signed Blackson, who Nick, you're, you're, you're fond of, you think that's a good pickup. So here with this late sixth round pick, maybe you're looking at Golston as a practice squad candidate. He can take a red shirt year, but Akeem Hicks, 
he's on borrowed time here as well, as we very well found out just a few weeks ago. That time's running short. So just like with uh, one of my offensive linemen picks earlier, I just want to keep adding to the pipeline in the trenches. Uh, other facts I want to note real quick. He had five and a half sacks, eight tackles for a loss for Iowa in just those eight games that they played. First team all Big Ten, which was voted on by coaches, also media, as well as the Associated Press. He was one of nine seniors named to the team's leadership group, and he also won the team's Hustle Award just a couple of seasons ago. So he's a guy that uh, I like, and again, at this stage of the game, I felt like it was just a lot of good value and upside, and uh, maybe not a pick to help the Bears in 2021 per se, but 2022 and beyond, I can definitely see it happening. So that's my final pick of the mock. Nick, who's yours? Yeah, so pick 228, I had the Bears selecting Jamie and Sherwood safety out of Auburn. I saw people in the chat like, Nick, where's the safety? Where's the safety? Here he is, and this is your traditional box safety, this big guy that can play alongside Ajax. I don't know about year one. This is a pick 228 that we're talking about here, but he fits that strong safety position. Hard hitter, can cover tight ends, earn that starting safety spot in 2020, has 141 career tackles, a team-high 14 tackles in the Georgia game last season. And and then, so I think this is a guy that he didn't have a lot of ball production, only one interception, three seasons. And again, I think what the Bears just need out of that position opposite of A. Jackson is someone that is capable, reliable, sound in what he can do. And if he's a box safety that can play physical with tight ends, again, just get physical with, with running backs and coming downhill and filling lanes, that's what I can kind of envision out of a Jamie Sherwood. But this is finally the safety that people were uh, uh, looking for in this draft. And I think just with, with my draft in itself, just to kind of wrap things up here, well, obviously the big kind of peekaboo, I guess, is like, I don't have a quarterback. That's 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 mm-hmm. not something that I selected with this one. And my whole premise for that was basically I just wanted guys I can contribute right now. Like I've said before on previous podcast, I think the Bears really do like Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, like that combination. So they're running with it. And if they need to protect their jobs and keep it for another year, need guys that can contribute in the first three rounds. So that's kind of the reason I went with what my picks were. So that's my whole explanation. And now you know it. I was going to ask, why not a quarterback? Uh, it makes sense. Uh, it's disgusting if that's the case, by the way. If, if they're really <laughs> content with what they have in that room, uh, I'm mortified to say the least. Um, but I'm excited for future exercises where maybe we move up. Maybe we'll move down. Maybe we'll do a little wheeling and dealing each and every direction. Uh, we'll talk about it uh, offline and we'll figure out what the best plan is. Uh, but before we go, uh, out of all your picks, do you have one that's your favorite? Looking at all, I mean, look, when I saw, and I had to do this a couple times, Will, with the Draft Network to see if Tevin Jakes would even get to 20. And most likely he's not. But I really love that pick because of what he would just add to the offense and what he can just do at that tackle position. He would be immediate day one starter nastiness. And that was a pick that I saw. I'm like, wow, finally, I, I get to draft him. I get to press with the trade or the draft button and take him and be a part of the Chicago Bears. But I really love that pick. But Dwayne Eskridge is another guy that he just fits that that slot receiver, that big playmaker that the Bears have been looking for, that have been wanting out of the slot receiver position, but those would probably be my two favorites for, I guess, value that actually came to me using the Draft Network's Mock Draft Simulator. Tevin Jenkins, Dwayne Eskridge, those are my guys. I'm a little offended that our shared Elijah Molden didn't make the list. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good pick too, but 
I don't know. I think just with me, offense, they need offense. And it's just a nice addition to have Elijah Molden because we have, I think, overall a good defense. But Tevin Jenkins and Dwayne Eskridge would be much needed upgrades for a Bears offense that has so many holes on it right now. Yeah, and that's why I went with my slot guy there in the top, also named Elijah. So that would have been two Elijahs back-to-back to me in this draft. They also signed a free agent with the first name Elijah. So maybe they're just trying, at least I'm trying to just have you know the least amount of names to possibly remember or to learn here in 2021. <laughs> uh, just, it was interesting because I didn't even put that together until about halfway through this mock draft episode. I was like, wait a minute, that's a lot of Elijahs that we're throwing out here. Uh, must have been a real popular name. 20-ish uh, years ago uh, for some babies. Uh, so on the flip side, is there a pick that you sit on it and you're like, you know, if I would have done it differently or maybe it's a stretch or just one that you're just not fond of? Obviously, you probably take Powerade and all your picks, um, but I'm just curious. I want to see if they're – I know I selected Cornell Powell, the back-to-back wide receivers, Dwayne Eskridge, pick 164 is Cornell Powell out of Clemson. Just seeing what – the bears could do also in that fifth round. Cause again, Ryan Pace has had some success there, what he could possibly do. Not that I don't like Cornell Powell, but he is, he is more of the developmental kind of guy. He had one good season, which was last year. So you have to mold him to be whatever he can be at the next level, but maybe going back and seeing what else is available there. Maybe I may might make a different decision, but overall, like, like you said, I am pretty happy with what, I came out with the first mock draft of the season, but that is one. Maybe I can look back to see what else I can do. Okay. Uh, a couple more questions. I just had some fun ones here for us at the end. Uh, is there anything that you would have done differently? Uh, when I was reflecting on my own here uh, throughout the day, man, like when you just see the drop off and tackle, and I know people say it's a deep group, but when you just see the drop off, if you don't get one with the first two picks, like the talent level just falls down like tremendously and i felt like maybe next time again we're going to be moving uh, around so that'll change up the strategy as well Um, but i would have liked to have taken an offensive tackle a little sooner than i did Uh, i was just looking at more skills players first Uh, but even then uh, i have a you know a little bit of wrestling in my own mind of you know but that tackle position is a huge weakness and without it does the skill guys would they even have an opportunity to shine or even showcase their skills or play to their highest level? So it's a little give and take, but that's probably the one thing that, you know, I wish I maybe would have done a little differently. Um, but do you have any of those? I think the big thing is like moving forward. What can the bears do if they don't get the top five quarterbacks and maybe someone outside of Kellen Mond, is it, is it Mills at, at Stanford? Like it could be, I don't know. That's something that where I'm looking forward to next time, that's something that I'm going to try to emphasize maybe addressing and how they could do it and what's maybe a realistic scenario for the Bears to, to you know, find a quarterback. Maybe that extends Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's future with the Bears because they, they they drafted a quarterback. They have to develop him, whatever the, the narrative could be. But that's something that, you know, I, I did the draft and I had my idea of not getting a quarterback. That's just, it's just not going to be this draft, but now I have to, I think, for the other versions, just to see what it could look like and where I would have to pick a tackle, like you were saying, or maybe you can't get that that high luxury cornerback, that nickel position address. It has to be later, so that's gonna be that's gonna make it uh, interesting for me moving forward. When you look at the Bears' current slate of picks, and of course we went through the exercise, 
Would it be a mistake not to move around? Obviously, they probably will. Most teams do make a move here or there during the draft to maneuver around the board. I, I feel like if they keep what they have with all these six-round picks, sure, Ryan Pace has historically hit on a few of these, which is great, but I feel like if they stay where they're at and you go from, what, you have one, two, you don't have a fourth, I, I feel like there's such a huge talent gap that we lose out on. Uh, and that, that one's tough to me. And I just feel like if they keep what they have, what we did, you're not going to have the best draft class possible. I agree with that. I think you're going to see those six round picks, uh, combined with some other picks, maybe even from future drafts and the bears will probably move up. I would, I would expect them to go up to round four and probably pick somebody else around there. I think a lot of teams are going to pick these quarterbacks early. That's going to push some pretty good players down, maybe closer to pick 20. So the bears will be, I think set at that spot. I don't think they're going to trade out of that, but I really do expect Ryan pace to, to move up to round four, get somebody and maybe even leverage a couple picks from next year and a couple of these six round draft picks and maybe even move back up to round five as well. That's just what Ryan pace does. And you know, like I said before in this podcast, like I give him credit for some of the things he's done to move up to get a Darnell Mooney or, and things like that. So he he knows how to scout that lower end talent. But this will also be, Will, the first time that Ryan Pace hasn't had a first round draft pick in the top 10. So he's never had that opportunity. And maybe like he doesn't have to do all this overthinking. All these guys are on the board. He can just take to the best player that comes to him and maybe make things a little easier and actually a, a first round pick that can contribute. So we'll have to see how it plays out, though. You know, I never even put that together where he's had top 10 picks, three of those, four of those, four. Yeah, he had to move up from 11 to nine with the Leonard Floyd. So everything's been in the top 10. Yeah, with Floyd, White, White. Wow, that's a, a great tracker. Roquan Smith. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the one that the one. Uh, I left. Yeah, that's the one uh, that worked out. Uh, so yeah, being outside, that's interesting. It's all top 10 or bust uh, when it comes to his first round picks. This is new territory, literally, uh, for Ryan Pace as a GM uh, with holding a, a pick in this kind of realm, this league. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we head off? Uh, you can honestly, if you just want to applaud me and pat me on the back for uh, a valiant effort here with my mock, I, I'd sit here for a few more minutes, but if you don't have anything, you can definitely close shop. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think you were a little hesitant at first, like not feeling confident about it, but seeing what you came out with, I, I I like the draft. I think you address a lot of the needs there, but I know obviously mine is better, but that's that's for another day. And that's for another but just to quickly, I think just one last time to recap what all the picks were. Obviously we started from the beginning there and kind of went through round one, pick twenty, Tevin Jenkins for me, offensive tackle Oklahoma State, round two, pick fifty-two, Elijah Molden. Round three, pick 83, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, Western Michigan. Round five, pick 164, Cornell Powell, wide receiver out of Clemson. And then you have all these consecutive six-round picks. So at 204, Ellerson Smith, edge out of UNI. 208, Sean Byer, tight end out of Iowa. 221, Garrett Wallow, linebacker, TCU. And 228 is Jamian Sherwood, safety out of Auburn. Okay. We should probably just said both at the same time. One big list, but I'll do mine again as well. We're learning. This is how we do it. Uh, Round 120th overall, I took Elijah Moore, wide receiver, one of the better wide receivers in his draft class, better than your wide receiver. Moving on, round 252nd, we shared Elijah Molden, the corner out of Washington. Round three, the reason why I win the mock is because I actually got a quarterback with Kellen Mond, the quarterback out of Texas A&M. 
Moving in around five, 164, Spencer Brown uh, out of Northern Iowa, which again, I'm just glad he was on the board there. Him being there in round five, 164, realistically, may not be an option, but at least for my draft simulation, it worked out for me. Then going into sixth round, 204, Michael Manet, center Penn State. 208 is Trey McKitty, the tight end of Georgia. 221 is the, uh, gee, I, yeah, I had it good earlier and I was able to breathe before I said it. D'Amador, Lenore, cornerback out of Oregon, and round six, 228, Chauncey Golston, the defensive end out of Iowa. All right, uh, that's that's it, man. That's mock draft version one in the books. I'm already excited to do a version two. I don't know about you. Oh, I can't wait, especially what we have planned, and I'll keep my mouth shut for what that will be, but I am looking forward to the rest of the mock drafts that we will be doing. Same here, man. Same here. But that'll do it, Bears fans. I want to thank you all for taking the time to tune in, uh, whether it's here on YouTube, which, again, we hit 7,000 subscribers, and I rarely talk about our subscriber count. It's nothing that really I look at all too much. But when you hit a milestone like 7,000, that's pretty tremendous. So thank you to each and every one of our subscribers on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast and you like to watch Nick and myself, maybe uh, we do live draft reactions. So that would be uh, a lot of fun, I would imagine, for you. Uh, you can find the Chicago Audible on YouTube. Uh, just type in the Chicago Audible. And I'm sure you will go ahead and find us. But I want to thank everyone who's also listening to the podcast around the globe. I thought uh, this was a great way to kick off April. And let's see what we can do with just a few more of these mock drafts and just change everything uh, that we just did and find some other paths uh, forward for uh, the Bears. Make sure to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate seeing those come in as well. We'll be back here soon. Nick, are you going to do an emergency press conference podcast while I'm at work? Uh, with Based off how these press conferences gone, well, probably not, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe there won't be big news, so probably not. I, honestly, I was just being facetious, and I think you took it a little <laughs> bit more seriously than I anticipated. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back here soon, but until next time, not tomorrow, bear down, Chicago. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into Jira tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.